everybody, it's time for another episode of Star Wars All In, the show that goes all in on all the details of that galaxy far, far away. Today we're talking about characters, we're continuing our Luke Stravaganza. My name is Mac, and I'm joined by my fe- fellow black-wearing enthusiast, Ross. Oh, Mac, it is great to see you. We're both wearing our darkest dark side outfits today. Solidarity with Luke. Solidarity, yes. Uh, I'm going to leave here and go choke out a pig after this. Yeah, and I'm going to go and take a random trip to Dagobah without telling my friends that it's like a year overdue. I've been meaning to get back there, but you know, it's been busy. Yes, yes, it has. Lots going on when you're trying to save your friend from an international gangster. And become a Jedi while you're doing it. Yeah, and build a new lightsaber. Lots going on. And go buy new clothes. Like these fashionable boots I'm wearing. Yeah, Look at the heels on these things. to go to a custom tailor. You probably had to go all the way to Coruscant for that. I was of Coruscanti. I mean, yeah. I mean, if if Shadows of the Empire was still real, it would be true. <laughs> so today we are talking about Episode Six: Luke Skywalker in Return of the Jedi. Uh, thank you for coming back, Week Three of our Luke series. If you have not listened to the other ones, there are two previous episodes talking about Luke in future in past films, and um. This time, we're here for part three. We are going to talk all about Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker and uh, him confronting his destiny. That's what we're here to talk about. It's a crazy journey to go through ROTJ, you know, Return of the Jedi, and we're going to do it right after this. So not as much time has passed since we've seen Luke. At least not as much as between New Hope and Empire. But Luke definitely has had time to get some things accomplished. For instance, some nice new duds. Had time to go to a tailor. Yep, absolutely. So we see Luke for the first time here in Episode 6, Return of the Jedi. Uh, You know, as the door to Jabba's palace creaks open. As Max said, about a year has passed since we last saw him getting his robotic hand in place after coming to the revelation that Darth Vader is his father. Luke has gone through some more Jedi training since we last saw him. Um, you know, and uh, he's become a bigger, stronger Jedi, without a better way to put it. We and a more s- mysterious character, because the next thing we see is him choking a Gamorrean guard. So he has learned not just the ways of the Force, but the dark side? Yes, yes. It's very, very interesting here, because we see him, obviously, he's in all black as well, black and brown, as he sort of walks in. We see him use the Force Choke right away on two Gamorrean guards, and then right away we see him go into the Jedi mind trick. So Luke is kind of at the very beginning here, going through a greatest hits of some of the powers that we've seen other Force users use in the saga, and letting us know that he has been elevated to a new level of prowess. And let's be honest, we've basically seen um, the fact that he is a much more in command, much more powerful, much more calm person, because we saw that earlier when his presence has been first shown, which is this hologram, Mm -hmm. where he's like, I have these two droids, my name is Jedi, Jedi Luke Skywalker, it's like, oh, you, you just christened yourself a knight, okay. I didn't even see you have a pathway and brain to cut off, but okay. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, Luke has made that decision on his own. Man, and he's being grandeur. He's being calm and reasonable, trying to get Jabba to, um, you know, give him uh, Han back. You know, trying to strike a deal in the hologram. And, and to your point that you've been saying during this whole series, we're a little scared. First time Luke's not being kind to droids. He just sold them to Jabba in slavery. <laughs> he gives them away to Jabba, exactly, uh, laying his future plans. But since this negotiation tactic didn't work, Luke shows up in person and attempts to mind trick Jabba, which does not work, fails spectacularly. You'd think that would be in the Jedi Handbook somewhere. Tordarians, huts, don't even try. 
And so even though he tries to get off without a fight when it's clear it's not going to work, we see Luke once again use the force pull, pulling a blaster to him, attempting to, I, I guess, shoot Jabba. Maybe the whole point was just to threaten him, but I mean, things move so fast, it's kind of tough to say why the blaster goes off and what he was trying to do. Yeah, everybody collapses in on Luke, grabs the blaster, grabs at him, and him and a Gamorrean guard go falling down into the Rancor pit. And we get an action beat here for Luke early on, showing us, um, you know, he can take on bigger and badder threats now. He removes his cloak, and he's in all black and all black sort of Jedi uh, attire. Yeah, sort of the tunic and, and stuff. But I also like that once we get to the Rancor pit, we are back to, oh, there he is. There's Luke. Where he's like, oh, this um, this wasn't part of the plan. Um, and <laughs> yeah. we see his face go from this fairly solemn neutral it's been most of the movie to, like, the expressions were used for Mark Hamill. I'm just like, yes. wow, that thing's tall. Um, uh, oh, a bone. I, I'll poke at him with the bone. <laughs> like, Yeah, Luke's try, Luke tries hiding. He tries, obviously, he... Uses the uh, the bone to, uh, you know, block the Rancor from closing his mouth. He uses a rock to hit uh, the finger of it. So, you know, he's doing all he can. We notice he is absent of a lightsaber. And at this point, we don't know. Well, maybe Luke just doesn't have a lightsaber because right. he lost his, you know, at the end of the last one. And mm -hmm. uh, deleted scenes happen. So we don't know what's going on with Luke's lightsaber at this time. It's a, at some castle in Episode 7. And it's a story for another time. <laughs> and... Uh... <laughs> Oh, boy. And so Luke uh, gets picked up by the Rancor and then dropped by the Rancor. He makes his way to the other end of the pit where he tries to escape, but the door is locked. We've already seen the Gamorrean guard go down, so we know what fate will befall Luke if he stays down here. And as the Rancor makes his way towards him, Luke is able to throw a big rock at the door of the Rancor control panel, and the gate crashes down, pinning the Rancor down and killing it. And again, we see the frustration and flustered of Luke proving that, like, he has come a long way, but he's still the character you know. He's still figuring out as he goes, um, putting it together as it happens. Yeah, Luke is obviously a very different kind of Jedi than we've come to know in the prequels. And even compared to, say, like an Obi-Wan, obviously he's younger more rash you know those types of things and we're gonna see it here because while luke is taken off the rancor pit and brought before jabba and you know he's being sentenced to being executed and he still looks pretty calm but then here's where things get interesting he starts threatening he starts threatening jabba yeah you should have bargained jabba the last mistake you'll ever make and of course uh, you know, then when they get to the pit of Carcoon and, you know, they're out on the, uh, you know, the walkway there about to be pushed in. Luke even says one more time, you know, this is your last chance. Free us or die. <laughs> and so Luke, as a Jedi, being pretty darn threatening. Um, I mean, obviously it's in self-defense. They're about to kill him and his friends. But it's still not what we necessarily see a Jedi do in general right. sense. So it's uh, obviously very, very fun to see him be so confident here when obviously Han is not. Leia's clearly nervous. So, yeah. you know, Luke being the one holding all the cards here is a nice change of pace. And as he is about to be pushed into the Sarlacc pit, he gives a little signal to Lando, gives a signal to R2, who prepares. And as Luke jumps down, catapults back up off the diving board and grabs his lightsaber out of midair and starts with some good old-fashioned swashbuckling. Now, I mentioned this in the last episode, but I think it's one of those things where Luke is a very different person when he's around and being like seen by his friends. He tries to be the person people want him to be whether that's the leader of a fighter squadron or in this case, his friends are freaking out. So he digs in deep and he he's like, no, no, I've got all the confidence for us. I have a plan. I mean, sure, the ranker wasn't part of the plan, but I'm sure the rest of the plan will go off without a hitch, probably. You know, like... Yeah, absolutely. Um, Luke is exuding confidence. And yes. that natural energy that's coming off of him from the Force is one of the reasons why he's able to be successful. Just like other Jedi. You know, things just happen to seem to go their way sometimes. So, you know, here we see Luke do a lot. He takes out many henchmen. He uh, takes the end off of Boba Fett's rifle. Uh, he is able to take out a giant gun, you know, on top of Jabba's sail barge. 
And um, other than getting his hand shot, you know, taking a shot to the hand, he does some pretty big damage here. And this is where Luke, even though Leia is the one who kills Jabba and, you know, gets the nickname Hut Slayer because of it, Mm -hmm. uh, Luke really is the one who takes down this entire organized crime syndicate here and all of the bosses and all of the henchmen. He is the one who destroys the katana and blows up everything. And it's exciting to see Luke in command in a sense of like one of my favorite little little things is when he's on the the end of the plank on the skiff there's the little just like two finger salute like that's the signal but it's also like yeah now i'm like my dad i'm cocky as hell (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and so r2 shoots him the lightsaber we see the green lightsaber the first time he's built his own lightsaber in the interim again proving his jedi prowess how much he's been training and working in that entire time yes our first chance to get to see the green lightsaber in person and it is fantastic and we get great against that blue sky (laughs) nice contrast nice contrast yeah um and yeah so we just get to see that luke and Luke in this scene also proves, yeah, he can, as much as anyone knows, he can wear the mantle of Jedi. He is, we, we just, in Empire, he's using the lightsaber like a tool. And at the end, he sort of has a duel, but he shows like, he's not great at this. Here, he's cutting blasters in half. He's cutting, you know, he's, he's using it extremely effectively. And it's his primary weapon. No longer does he have a blaster on his belt. He only carries his lightsaber. That's all he needs. He's become to trust that weapon with his life. Yeah, this is a new level of Luke Skywalker and someone who believes they are a Jedi Knight, I think. And, um, you know, we see Luke a couple things here. He creates more of a legend for himself. So we talked, you know, in previous episodes about how in episode four, destroying the Death Star, Luke is a legend among the rebellion and partially and eventually the wider galaxy because of that. But in episode five, all of his contributions, other than, you know, the Battle of the Hoth, are more about his friends, you know, more Mm -hmm. about things on a personal level that he's doing for people and his own personal growth. But here at the beginning of this one, we're back to seeing the legend of Luke Skywalker being formed by destroying Jabba the Hutt's sail barge and by being partially responsible for the downfall of Boba Fett and, you know, being in proximity to these Mm -hmm. huge events that will shake certain areas of the galaxy to its core. You know, the downfall of a hut, the presumed death of one of the galaxy's most feared bounty hunters. Those are, you know, things that will make the headlines in, you know, as it were. So the legend will grow. And also what a, if you're a debtor of Han, you just, you just write it off. Like it's not worth it at this point. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Just write it off. Just like, well, you know what? Um, Jabba got killed for calling that debt. So uh, I'm not going to worry about it. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. It's not until after Luke's gone that King Prana comes calling. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And those wrath stars. Um, So, of course, Luke here also doesn't want to forget the droids. Don't forget the droids. Still cares about droids. R2. He cares about R2. He, I think he, he's not hostile to C-3PO, but like, I don't know. That is a relic, an antique from your father, sir. Be more (laughs) polite. (laughs) Your dad built that. You want to look, look for Vader? You should go look at the, like... The uh, the read me inside C-3PO written by a Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, listen, not everybody has a fancy Skyhopper just parked in the garage next to their land speeder. No, 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 some, no. Some people have to build them spare parts. Some kids have to wait, be raised as a slave. What, what do you and you want to go to Tashi Station? Mess with your friends. While you were messing with your friends, he was building a pod racer. The only human who could do it. Yeah. <laughs> so as Luke heads off of Tatooine, uh, he does the same maneuver he did in Empire. He does. They're does. like, all right, so we're going to go rendezvous, right, Luke? And Luke's like, well, I mean, you guys go. I, I got to go. Um, I think I go stop at the convenience store first. Got to pick up some milk. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be there. This will be don't, way quicker than last time. Don't wait up for me. <laughs> yeah. So Luke arrives and we're pretty much immediately we see this time he successfully landed his ship and he is inside Yoda's hut. And, you know, Luke is kind of taken aback. He's shocked by how old Yoda has seemed, you know, and Yoda even says as much, you know, uh, you know, oh, are you surprised by my appearance? And Luke basically says, I've, you know, I need your help. I've 
come back to complete the training. And it's been a very busy year, and it's been hard to get back here. Yeah, You're I've, off the beaten path. Busy, a lot's going on. I got this fancy hand, and you know, Yoda basically says, "You know, no more training do you require. You're ready for your destiny." And Luke says, "Oh, so I am a Jedi." And Yoda kind of laughs and says, "Well, no, no." quite you've you know you've done most of the work but you must confront vader only then a jedi will you be and so this is before we even go on to any other parts of it i want to talk about this because okay. you know in the um in uh, the rise of skywalker luke talks about you know confronting fear being the destiny of a jedi it's yep. one of the best lines from that trailer um we talk about you know anakin obviously having to confront his fear of losing his wife and when he's confronted with that fear, he does fall to the dark side. And so really what Luke, or I should say what Yoda is saying here in this case, is that basically, yes, you have faced Vader. Yes, you have undergone the training. Yes, you understand what you need to understand to be a Jedi. But you really have not overcome those past demons. You may outwardly be acting like a Jedi. You may outwardly be calm and in control. But internally, you're still conflicted. You're still afraid. You're still worried about what's to come and looking towards the future. And those are things that could lead to the dark side. So until you truly confront those by facing Vader again, you always will run that risk of not being a Jedi and falling to the dark side. That's how I interpret it. Well, I mean, when I was a kid, I mean, this is more from the role-playing games and stuff. Uh, some some services pay to it, but like the idea of there's trials. There's the trials to become a knight, and one uh, there's the trial of skill, the trial of knowledge, and the trial of courage. And so that's where Luke is. Is he he hasn't actually unpacked the Vader question? He is still full of doubt and fear and understanding i think it's very pointed that yoda says you must confront vader because yeah. yoda already has a broader view than obi-wan of like it's not about necessarily killing him it's about defeating vader which does not mean the exact same thing as murdering him exactly though that's on the table it's it's <laughs> certainly an option luke just want to let you know just remind you it is an option and then luke goes on to say you know i must know is darth vader my father and after a moment you know yoda reveals yes your father he is as he's basically like luke you already knew that at the end of the movie but then oh yoda through frank eyes's hand movements looks more to the audience and says but that wasn't a fake out like for realsies he's luke's dad yeah and imagine if you're luke here coming from this like for a year you know you've been thinking about this person is my father i feel this connection to them and even though you don't necessarily have it confirmed on a deeper level you know it to be true right because you can feel that through the force. Yeah, and all so, I can think of is all this time Luke has cast doubt on those original confirmations yeah. that he had in his heart. Um, yeah, he doesn't want to believe it. Right. But obviously he knows it's true, I believe. And so this is that chance. And, you know, Yoda, ba and obviously Luke is kind of shocked at this, like kind of taken aback by it. And Yoda basically says, not ready for the burden were you. And Luke's first instinct here is to kind of apologize, mm -hmm. you know, but... Luke going off and going what he went through, you know, that moment of failure and that lesson is obviously going to be important to his character. We're seeing, you know, him going when he faces Vader next time, he has a very different game plan mm -hmm. than he did the first time. So we'll talk about that as we go. But I thought that was an interesting thing of, you know, that's Luke reaction is I'm sorry I didn't listen to you. Is that him admitting that he feels like he was wrong mm -hmm. or am I just reading into that too much? No, I think that's a reasonable interpretation. I, I Luke is such a strange character to me at the beginning of Return of the Jedi because they just really ramp up this mysteriousness about mm -hmm. him. He's become this mystic figure, a Jedi Knight. And I'm like, it, it always is a little strange to me because I think on purpose they make a lot of Luke's personality a little elusive. Mm -hmm. And that's so I think that in the third act, when you're worried that he's going to be tempted to the dark side, it feels genuine. Right. Because you don't know all the things going on in his head like you felt you did in the first two movies. Yeah. I mean, this is because he is acting so unlike the Luke we know. Yeah. We don't know what this character is going to do. And as they're having this conversation here and as Yoda is about to pass on into the cosmic force, he has basically a few pieces of advice for Luke before he goes. So, number one, of course, you know, once you start down the dark path, forever will it dominate your destiny. Mm -hmm. And 
we'll talk about when Luke starts down that potential dark path later and how that kind of affects his decision making. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll talk about that, but that's really important. Uh, Leota also says, beware the emperor, right? Don't underestimate him. And that's something that I don't think maybe any of us had thought about. It's just a feeble old man in a robe, you know? Vader's the scary one. It's this weird old gorilla or woman in weird makeup. I mean, at least back in 83, you saw the original version, which is one of the best special edition ads is putting Ian McDiarmid as the emperor in Empire. Because yeah, until you see the emperor later in this movie, you're like, oh, oh, that guy is kind of scary. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then, of course, the lesson of, you know, pass on what you have learned. Don't become the last Jedi. Right. Because Yoda even says, you know, after I'm gone, the last Jedi, will you be? And so that's just that confirmation of, yes, you should go on and take students and, you know, it's your continue the Jedi order. Of Pass course. on what you have learned. And then, of course, the final thing is there is another Skywalker. Yeah, it does linger a long time. Yeah. Uh, and dying's that, hard. <laughs> dying is hard. And of course, at this, Luke is shocked because Luke doesn't really have it. This is the first time we're hearing about this. This is the first time Luke well, is learning that he could the first potentially time, yeah. have a sibling. Yoda mentions an empire, but this is where, where yeah. characters are aware of that revelation. Right. And so Luke has, uh, you know, his shocked face on. And as he's sitting there, he's thinking about it. And the next time we see him, he's out of Yoda's hut, still on Dagobah. And he's talking to R2, you know, once again, confiding in his droid friends and basically just say, I can't do it. I can't go on alone. And this is where Obi-Wan steps in. And we see Obi-Wan now being not only a force ghost, just like he was, but more corporeal. You know, he's sitting on a log. He's taken more of a solid form. You can see his entire body, you know, much more clearly. Mm-hmm. And basically, um, you know, Obi- Obi-Wan and Luke kind of getting a little bit of a fight here of, you know, why didn't you tell me? And this is where Obi-Wan goes into his certain point of view lesson for Luke. And Luke, you know, when, when Obi-Wan says, you know, you'll find most of the truths we cling to are based on our own point of view. And Luke goes, point of view? Like, he's kind of mocking it, like questioning it. Like, you're telling me this is a point of view thing? So my dad was alive and you said he wasn't. And that's because your perspective? Yeah. And so Luke is a little hesitant. But, you know, being a good Jedi, he does try and have a reasonable conversation there even though he has every right to be mad at obi-wan you know for lying to him but you know luke basically believes there's still good in him and i can't kill my own father you know he is basically saying that i am not going to murder this person he does not yet know how he's going to get out of the confronting vader without killing him but he knows that is not what he wants to do mm-hmm. that is not the kind of person he wants to be and whether it's because that's who he is as a person or what he believes a jedi should be um and, and it's important and obi-wan's like you know you don't want to kill him you don't want to commit regicide i get that I had a shot to kill him and i didn't kill him either and trust me that was a bad move many 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 millions of beings have died because I didn't do that. So trust me, kid, when you get the shot, don't hesitate. You're going to need, you need to face Vader again. You need to deal with him. And because of my own failings and my own certain point of view, my expectation is you're going to have to kill him. That's the only way to stop this cycle. Yeah. Now this is where Luke learns, or I should say gets complete confirmation of his sister. Right. And so Obi-Wan explains that to protect you two from Vader, your twin sister was separated from you at birth. And Luke instantly knows Leia is his sister, you know. And so now we are here where, you know, last movie we were talking about Luke not being able to sense things in the force. And then he gets that connection to Darth Vader at the end and they can sense each other. Now we have Luke opening back up and instantly realizing, yes, I do have this other connection and knowing on a subconscious level who that person is as soon as he kind of has that vague confirmation. And so this is, in my opinion, showing the evolution of Luke and the way he's using the force to understand his environment around him. He's finally listening. He's finally emptied his mind and is patient now. And even in this stressful situation, this conversation he's having with Obi-Wan, he is um, 
you know, well, he's learning. open to the force. He yeah. knows that Leia is the connection. We get basically backwards connection of like it was Leia who sensed Luke calling out, not Luke telepathically sending it to his sister. You know, it it they they have the same connection he has with Vader. There is this familiar ley line between these characters that they can sense. Absolutely. And so this is the end of Luke's time. You know, he is told to uh, bury his feelings. You know, they can benefit him, but they can serve the Empire. And Luke goes off to rendezvous with his friends, finally. So we cut to the middle of a meeting where, uh, you know, we've already about a couple minutes into it. We've said some most important bits. Uh, Han's going like, well, I need need members for a command shuttle. And Luke, who has no idea what's going on in the meeting because he's arrived so late, just walks in. He's like, I'm with you. What are we doing? (laughs) Yes. So Luke volunteers to go. We learn, uh, you know, uh, Solo has been promoted to general. And they're loading up on the Tantive V4. Or... Or <laughs> the shuttle Tidarium. The shuttle Tidarium. Wow, I uh, made the sundered heart off on another tangent on that one. Uh, Luke. Uh, so obviously, this is another big moment for Luke as they're heading towards the moon of Endor. Luke senses Vader right. on his command shuttle, and for Vader, this is a big moment because he leaves his star destroyer and goes to meet the Emperor because he also senses Luke. And so, even though Luke knows that he may be endangering the mission and believes he shouldn't have come. They do touch down on the planet's surface. Yeah, because this is an echo of what we saw at the end of Empire, where we were having, you know, the longing look of Vader out the window of the Star Destroyer and that connection that they have. Now that they're in proximity again, they're aware of each other, but not enough to, like, really put a pin on it. I was about to clear them, sir. Should I? Yeah, sure. Let that ship go. Let's see what happens. Let's let it play. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. What could they possibly do? So, uh, Luke and Leia and Han and the attack squad and the droids have all landed on the planet, right, the, on Endor, and they get spotted by some troopers on speeder bikes, mm-hmm. and Luke and Leia take off. And now, this is a point where I just wanted to call this out at some point, and we've talked about it a little bit already, but, you know, the difference between Luke's Jedi voice and his uh, normal voice is a very, very funny thing, because... Obviously, he's trying to project this calm persona, but then he'll be in the moment and he'll have this, you know, he'll have the, wait, wait, don't, don't go too fast. Leia, Leia. Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. you know, he'll have this moment where he'll be, you'll be right back into that episode for Luke. And uh, it's funny because it's just, he's a, every time he's around his friend, you're right. He's doing incredible things. He's being more confident. But he's also obviously feeling this incredible uh, responsibility to protect yeah. them. He 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 needs to project a different person than he has been. I guess yeah. is a better way to put it because that's the person he's becoming. And so we have the whole speeder bike chase. And uh, actually, for funsies, like for the next couple of minutes, we just see Luke on an adventure with his friends. It's not a whole bunch of Jedi Jedi nonsense. Like he's riding the speeder bike like a normal person would. He's not. More clairvoyant, but we start seeing like, oh, but he still is a Jedi because when he falls off of it, he can bounce laser beams off the lightsaber. That's a thing now. That's rad. And then yes. he cuts the t- the front uh, angling forks off of the speeder bike, causing it to crash. Reminding us again of like, yeah, that thing cuts through anything. Oh, yeah, anything. And it's a great, great scene with, uh, you know, getting to see the green saber again, you know, in the woods like that. Luke is obviously wearing his awesome uh, force poncho camouflage gear. Uh, there's just a lot of fun about this environment and this scene and seeing a Jedi chop down a speeder bike and the reflexes that that would take. Once again, just showing Luke's prowess and um, just that kind of awesome factor, right? And so he, uh, you know, he survives this whole encounter, but he loses track of Leia and he meets back up with Han and Chewie. And, uh, you know, what are we going to do? And then they get captured. In a trap because Chewie's hungry. (laughs) Yeah, they find Leia's helmet, but they don't see any trace of her or her body. R2 can't pick up on her. And Chewie finds a dead animal suspended on top of a stick. And right before Chewie goes to grab it, Luke realizes what's going on, goes and tells them, hey, it's a trap. Whether he's sensing it or not, whether he's just smart or sensing it. Either way, um, it doesn't work. And this is another chance where, you know, they're all caught up in the net. This is another chance for Luke to be calm. But, you know, he's screaming, 
try and get us out of here. Just get, get, get my lightsaber. Just try and re- try and reach it, you know, rather than just yeah. being calm and taking a moment. He is, you know, taking that anxious, fast approach. Which is a great contrast because the next thing we see is after they've been captured by the teddy bears and, and they're taken back to the village, they're, you know, strung up on these poles hanging yeah. from them. And Luke has centered himself and started calming it down and realizing that he's got to wait for his moment. You know what's interesting about this scene to me here is Luke lets them, you know, as they fall to the ground, Luke lets them take their weapons. He takes the yeah. Jedi approach of, we don't need to hurt them. They're, they're not a threat to us. They're teddy bears. Like, yeah. They got sticks. So that's really, really funny. And then obviously as they get taken to the camp and they realize Leia's there and all that, they Luke uses his force powers well, to essentially pull off a little C-3PO, trick. C-3PO, tell them that if you uh, don't let us go, you'll get mad and use your magic powers. Oh, but Master Luke, I don't have anything like that. Yeah, I yeah I know I do, but just say it. <laughs> oh, there's another. You know, we talked earlier about great like behind the scenes Luke faces. Uh, there's the great moment here when they're on the ground after they fall out of the trap of you know Han is basically saying or three PO says I think they think I'm some sort of god, and Han is like, well, why don't you use your divine influence to get <laughs> us out of this mess or something? And three PO basically says it would be improper to impersonate a deity. And behind him, Luke is literally holding his face, trying not to, to laugh. laugh. Because he could see how riled up Han is getting. And as soon as Han lunges at 3PO, Luke grabs him and holds him back. It's good. But it's so funny. It's such a great moment of like, this is classic Luke. This is Luke being a fly on the wall, looking at the bigger universe that's out there, and just enjoying a moment with his friends, even though they're surrounded by bears with sticks. Yes. Uh, But it's just a really, really great fun moment. And then, of course, when they get to the Ewok barbecue... Luke is using the force to get them out of a little bind here, along with 3PO's uh, acting and storytelling abilities. Well, and the nice thing is when he lifts the chair with C-3PO, we've seen that Luke has grown again as a Jedi. He lifts that chair fairly effortlessly. He just kind of closes his eyes and makes it happen. Yes. Meaning that we've come a long way from working really hard to jiggle a lightsaber out of some snow we are a much more power. He could probably lift that X-Wing now is what I'm saying. Absolutely. This Luke has grown and changed, and this is just another example of it before he goes off to confront his destiny. So as C-3PO is telling a uh, rousing story of their exploits throughout the last couple of movies to all the Ewoks. Despite being just an interpreter and not much of a storyteller. <laughs> Luke ducks out of the party, followed by Leia. And they have a little personal conversation here where Luke basically goes into, you know, do you remember your mother, your real mother? And Leia, you know, tell like, oh, I have I have memories, you know, just, you know, she was beautiful, but sad and really just kind of flashes of emotion. You know, things we come to learn are really just, you know, from touching her mother through the force and mm-hmm. having that connection to her. Uh, but Luke says, you know, I have no memory of my mother. I don't have any of that. Um, but I do know my father and in fact there's something i have to tell you my father is in fact darth vader and i need to go face him it's the only way to get us out of this basically and she's then like, he reveals that he's like, Leia's she's his like sister. i don't understand that but i mean i guess when he's like you could because you're my sister he's like i've known i've always known like yeah. even back on hoth <laughs> there's more it won't be easy for you to hear it but you must oh apparently it was easy for you to hear it right and uh you know then this is where he goes and like there is good invader i've felt it i can turn him back he says to the good side i noticed that here he doesn't say to the light he says to the good side i have to try you see he's not ready for the cosmic balance he's already interpreting this as good and evil it's bigger than that it's bigger than that but i i do think it's interesting here the final words are i have to try how jedi is that right right that is, and and we'll see more of this here coming up in the finale, but this is what proves to us that Luke is a Jedi and that Luke is a competent Jedi who should be able to go forward in the world and do good things. It's because of moments like this where even though he's confronting something so much bigger and harder to overcome than he thinks he might be able to accomplish, he knows that it is his responsibility to try. Right. And that's what we see here, and I love that. Agreed. Now, next up, we see Luke surrendering to Vader. And this is a pretty great scene because it's just them alone on a walkway. You know, Vader basically orders the troops to go back out and look for his friends. But it's just them. And 
Luke, uh, you know, surrenders and, and basically says, I've accepted the truth that you were once Anakin Skywalker, my father. And Vader says something along the lines of, oh, that name doesn't mean anything to me now. And Luke basically says, well, I will not turn and you'll be forced to kill me. I feel the conflict within you. Let go of your hate. That's some real Jedi stuff, Luke. Well, and That's some real Jedi stuff. And what a different dude than we met before. He yeah. is face to face with Vader and they're having a conversation here on this catwalk. Last time we saw him, Luke was like batting him like a pinata with a lightsaber because he didn't know how else to deal with this giant boogeyman. But now that that boogeyman, he knows the ooey gooey center of it. Like he's got a completely different tact, a completely different. There's no fear. He's not afraid of Vader. He's more of afraid of like what happens if I'm wrong about my father. But like he knows that. This is going to go differently. It's a very important part to Luke's story in this movie that he's not afraid here because there will be some fear later. And so it's very, very important for us to realize how confident he is, how much he's determined that he has to as he puts it to try. Right. So that's a very, very big part of his character. And then Luke is taken presumably on the ATAT up to the shuttle, up to the Death Star, where he is presented to Sidious for the first time. Right. Now... Walking up, you know, getting off the elevator, coming out into the dark throne room, walking up the steps to the Emperor. It truly, truly is some visually appealing Star Wars. There's no doubt about it. But as Luke's presented to uh, the Emperor, you know, they even have their own conversation. So it's not just, you know, the Vader-Luke conversation, but him and the Emperor get some time to, to dialogue and to have a convo. And that is what makes this final a bit here this final confrontation that much more menacing it's not just a swashbuckling fight to the death you know there's a much more nuanced threat veiled threat to it and basically the emperor's take to luke is you know you're gravely mistake or i'm sorry luke to the emperor is you know you're mistaken your highness you won't convert me as you did my father and this entire openings, Palpatine is just tempting Luke, saying, look out the window. This whole thing is a trap. I've planned it all. Your friends on the forest moon are going to die. I've sent a whole legion down there to capture them. A legion of my best troops. Exactly. The The shield is still operational. Your friends on your fleet your rather gathering are going to be destroyed. Your friends have found that this station is fully operational. <laughs> so good. And this is where Luke sees that the Death Star is operational. They start shooting out at the fleet as they're fighting, trying to wait for the shield to be taken down, trying not to retreat. And this is where Luke, you know, the whole time he's looking very disturbed. He's trying to maintain his calm. But as the Death Star starts firing and as his friends start dying, he gives in to the Emperor's temptation and pulls his lightsaber, tries to strike down the Empire. Now, I've made a thread that, like, I think that Luke is empowered by his friends, that attachments are actually something that make him stronger because he compartmentalizes them correctly. These familiar connections without being, you know, recognizing what they are and what they aren't. Um, And the Emperor even says, like, you know, your faith in your friends will be your downfall. You know, that's your flaw is your faith in your friends. And that will pay off. And, like, it's mostly, like you said, when he's seeing the devastation and getting worried that maybe my friends can't do it, when he loses his faith in his friends, that's when he starts disconnecting. And the battle starts off ferociously. Him and Vader are fighting. He's kicking Vader down the steps, you know. They're um, they're going toe-to-toe, but Luke obviously is a changed person since the last time they dueled. And, um, you know, I think we can probably safely assume that Vader is somewhat rattled by everything going on, you know, by his son having confidence and a belief in him and by the Emperor basically saying, you will be my new apprentice. Vader's like, well, one plus one plus one does not equal two. Well, wait, the rule of two says there can only be a master and an apprentice. And uh, since I can't become the master because we're in front of you, (laughs) which was my plan last movie, that means that... Then, then he would be the new apprentice. But where does that leave? Oh. So as they fight, at first Luke is very ferocious, but then he eventually goes back to defense. You know, he tries not to fight. He tries to avoid the conflict. And eventually he hides. And that's where they have that big conversation where Vader starts to, you know, stoke at Luke, basically saying, well, if you won't turn, perhaps your sister will. You know, your thoughts betray you. Luke not being able to empty his mind, you know, 
as Yoda and Obi-Wan advised him, has come back to bite him here. And because of that, he is drawn towards the dark side because Vader is essentially instigating his fear, right? I mean, right. that's what we're seeing here. So because Luke is afraid, that fear of you know his sister being hurt or being taken or turned by Vader turns into anger, and he lashes out at Vader, starts chopping away. And essentially, this... Uh, moment is going to turn into the end of the duel as you know he's pushing vader back yeah. towards the reactor towards the walkway he eventually knocks him down and is swinging wildly you know as vader tries to defend himself eventually cutting off vader's Just hand beating him exactly in very much the same way luke lost his hand and for a moment luke has kind of lost control there in that moment he has given in to the dark side right but as he hears the emperor last behind him left behind him and he looks down and he realizes connecting the dots between you know his mechanical hand what he saw in the cave and now his father on the ground in front of him he realizes how much he is destined to repeat the destiny of his father mm -hmm. if he channels the dark side and in this moment luke has uh, at least up to this point his most heroic jedi moment that we've seen on screen mm -hmm. he throws away his lightsaber you know says the emperor you have lost you no longer have an apprentice you know we are we are not here to serve you and the emperor basically says oh well what a shame well you're gonna die then and well, just starts electrocuting. and personally i like the fact of like oh well i'm gonna electrocute you because you you're gonna okay this isn't going as i foreseen <laughs> you know what i mean yeah i love that sort of undertone to the emperor which is like what what do you mean you're not what no, you you were just yeah. in the dark side. Just go go with that. Like, there's this great sort of like spoiling of this victory moment for Palpatine. Yeah, and Luke even rubs it in. But you know, I'll never turn. You have failed, Your Highness. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Well, then die, you little <laughs> Jedi. <laughs> and Luke gets electrocuted. Luke is essentially getting destroyed here by Palpatine's Force Lightning. And as Vader realizes what is happening, he gets up. And, uh, you know, makes the decision he couldn't make, you know, over 20 years ago and decides to save his son instead of his uh, mentor and throws the Emperor down a reactor shaft. One handed. One handed and one stubbed. Yeah. Very abled, uh, very abled Vader. He is the most qualified uh, amputee we've ever seen. Quadriplegic. He's doing pretty well. Yeah, he, he really is. Robot uh, parts help with life. that. Yeah, they do. So that is Vader, you know, saving Luke's life. And as Vader falls down, uh, you know, Luke attempts and, to get him off the ship. And I think one of the interesting things about this is Luke is surprised by this. When he's on the ground and he's like, wait, I'm not being electrified anymore. That's pretty good. Oh. Oh, well, this is a fortuitous turn of events. <laughs> I mean... Thanks, Dad. But like, I, I, I was, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it all works out in his favor, you know. And they don't get to have their moment here in the throne room. They make their way towards the shuttle because mm -hmm. they know the station is going to be destroyed. And you know, at the base of the ramp, we see Luke, you know, carrying, dragging his father, trying to get him out. And at the base of the shuttle, you know, Vader basically says, I'm not going to make it go on your own, but take off my mask. I want to look upon you once with my own eyes. And of course, this is a huge moment for Luke's character, because not only is he getting that closure with his father, basically in this moment, not only is Luke getting to truly meet his father for the meet first Anakin, time yeah. and deal with the emotional impact that comes with that, right? Changing his life forever. But he also gets to basically... Uh, unseat his own destiny, if that makes sense. Basically, mm -hmm. the all the cards that had been laid by the Empire and the Emperor to turn him to the dark side and all of his past family drama, he has essentially cool. overcome it. And so, Mac, to your point, you know, you said at the end of episode four, that was Luke becoming his own person. This is sort of the next phase of that, yeah. you know, really that first, you know, at the end of episode four, that's just Luke stepping out and starting his journey into becoming his own person. And really, this is the culmination of everything he's been working towards. Luke right. has now, you know, he has gotten to know his father. You know, he was there when his father passed on into the force. He gets to have a funeral for him and commemorate him in his own way. And for Luke's own, you know, edification, he 
has learned who his father truly was and that at the end of the day, his father was still someone who cared about him and was part of the light side of the force and was willing to, you know, give everything he had left to make sure the light side of the force continued. And it's also the end of a, a different interpretation of the cave. He defeated Darth Vader and underneath Darth Vader is Luke, this person he can recognize and understand. It's, mm -hmm. you know, he gets to see his father's actual eyes connect with him. And there's that great line of, you know, it's like, I have to save you. You already have. You already have. Yeah. It's such a fantastic moment because it is the, in a lot of ways, the end of Luke's initial journey. You know, everything he goes on and does from this point forward should hypothetically be easier for him, right? Because he has well, become a full-fledged Jedi who understands what it takes to walk the path of the light side. To degree, but in my mind, the thing is about is he, so he goes to Endor and he, you know, burns the body of Vader. He sort mm -hmm. of um, burns an effigy, the remains of this dark person his father had become, uh, releasing his father's spirit from this black armor kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing we see is him meeting back up with his friends and just catching up with Lando and Han and Leia and saying, man, you guys did it. And, the, and they're like, you did it. And like, yeah, we did it. And everyone's super happy. And Luke, you know, looks off to the side and he sees his ghost pals are here too. And so all of us succeeded. We, we, we accomplished the mission together. Now, the reason I'm laying such a heavy track on all this stuff is because this overcoming the Jedi's obsession with avoiding attachments I think is Luke's greatest strength. And I think it's what's going to lead him astray in his life when he goes from here. Because he's right now where he's supposed to be. With the Rebellion, with his friends, having saved the universe. But he's going to go become a recluse. He's going to cut himself off from his friends. And it's going to lead to a lot of bad things. Because Luke's destiny, in my opinion, is to connect with the people around him, inspire them, promote, you know, push them, mm -hmm. be the leader that he's supposed to be. And he sort of misinterprets it after this and goes a different way. Well, you know, there is a it's funny because obviously Luke's story is so grand. Yes. And in the big picture of things after Endor, we have two touch points. We mm -hmm. have a touch point for Luke about, well, actually three. We have a touch point for Luke about a year after this, you know, mm -hmm. uh, when he is uh, in uh, investigating one of the Emperor's vaults. So we get to see Jedi Luke there a little bit. Yeah. We get to see Jedi. That's in Battlefront, Battlefront 2. Battlefront 2, yep. The uh, expansion, uh, the like First Order, or I think it is. No, it's in the main campaign. Never mind. Yeah, it's uh, the main campaign. Yeah. Uh, and then we get to see Luke about six years after Endor in The Mandalorian. Where he where, picks up a baby Yoda. Yeah, where he has gone um, more Jedi in a lot of ways. And, you know, just a natural progression from where he was. And then obviously we get to see Luke in The Last Jedi, where he has become a very different person. Well, become a different person is really the right way to say it. Where he has gone through different life experiences that have changed his beliefs and his well, outlooks on the Force and the Jedi. I think the best way to put it is by the time we get to six years, we're not sure if Luke started his academy and all that kind of stuff, but we know that like at least one year after, Luke's just still doing Luke stuff, adventuring with his friends and doing yeah. stuff. Uh, at some point, he tries to appoint himself Jedi Master. And I think that's, in my mind, that untold story, because it's mostly untold, Yeah, um, you know, is... Well, I'll comment that more when we go into Last Jedi about, like, what I think my interpretation of some of that stuff is. But I just think it's so great that we see Luke where he's meant to be um, at the end of Return, and that something goes sideways between here and when we meet him on Octu. And we don't get all the details, but it's it's a fun thing to interpret. Yes, absolutely. We will have a lot to say when we get there. But for now, this is the end of Luke's journey in the original trilogy. Um, we went from a farm boy who was a little whiny, um, 
you know, a little preoccupied with his own future, that he wasn't necessarily observing the greater world around him. And then he became someone who was thrown into the greater world, someone who had a legend built up around him because he destroyed the Death Star. He became a Jedi Padawan Mm -hmm. and eventually went on to have that legend solidified by destroying Jabba the Hutt and uh, being a part of taking down Darth Vader and the Emperor and the second Death Star. And this is all he accomplished in just about three years. So obviously he has a long history of things that he does after this that will influence that and that will turn him into even more of a galaxy-wide known legend. And when we meet up next time, we will talk about where that legend goes. Absolutely. All right, so we bring another episode of Star Wars All In to a close. A, a, a rockier one. Uh, this is just me back from the editing booth. Um, somehow we, uh, we we garbled the last part of this episode, so I don't have a normal uh, last section for you. Uh, I had to sort of just make one up real quick. We talked a little bit about the, uh, the second to last episode of The Bad Batch, but we'll just save that for uh, next week when we'll just talk about how The Bad Batch landed. Um, you know, uh, again, great time to be in Star Wars. Uh, sorry for the kind of messy ending here. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. We'll conclude our conversation about Luke Skywalker next week as we go into uh, our last segment on it and, uh, look forward to, uh, joining you there. So until then, until next Wednesday, I'm Mac and may the force be with you. This production is not endorsed by any other property and is the sole responsibility of Mac Purvis III, Ross Greco, and those involved in its production. It is meant for entertainment purposes only. Other than content provided by this production's providers, all music, music clips, sound bites, rights are reserved, and their respective owners have not endorsed any aspect of this show. Copyright 2021.